Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, guys? Happy Monday as we record this on Monday, April 26th. But you could be listening to that anytime this week because it is NFL Draft Week, and that's why we're coming to you on a Monday. This is going to be an NFL Draft special edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. And for the occasion, uh, we brought Anthony Amico of Football Guys on Amico. Uh, obviously, if you're DraftKings guys, you're you're familiar with Amigo from from the DraftKings landscape as well. Uh, welcome on to Unreasonable Odds, man. Yeah, appreciate you having me, man. Uh, nice to be back with the DK guys. I mean, it's uh, you know, a lot of fun, a lot of fun scraping the news and doing all that stuff. So it's good to be back and, and talking to you. <laughs> yes, Amico has grinded with me on many a DK live shifts, uh, getting you that ridiculous laundry list of NBA injury news that seems to come out these days, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, We are here to talk about betting the NFL draft, which is on Thursday night, April 29th. Um, I'll just start by saying like, so 2019, I don't even, I don't even remember 2018, but since I got more serious into this 2019, I had four NFL draft bets. Went 4-0, so I was very happy with it. It was a good draft. Uh, that's generally what I've been, you know, trying to do with drafts. Last year, the NFL draft hits dead smack in the middle of the the peak of COVID. Uh, props, I asked you before we came on, I was like, it felt like everything came out earlier, right? All the NFL draft props seemingly came out earlier. We had, I, I was putting stuff in a month later. It made it easy if you were very right on something to then hedge it a better number and just guarantee yourself some profit. This year's stuff's trickling out a lot later. And then you have people like myself that work with, you know, I had March Madness going on, NBA, MLB. um, And it makes it more difficult to kind of hunker down and get into all these numbers and and get props in. So I guess, you know, oh, the part of the story I skipped is last year, I think I had 30 NFL draft props coming off of four the year before. This year, I've bet one thing so far. So that's the the peaks and valleys that we're going with. so I guess coming into it, you know, how is your approach? Because I know last year you and I talked a lot and you were, you were big into the draft props, uh, as was I this year, I've bet one thing we'll get into that later, but I know that you have been, uh, you know, digging in there, getting after it, uh, as I wish that I could have more, but just give me, you know, without giving any specific bets or plays or anything, just give me your, your overall thoughts kind of on the landscape coming into this draft, especially compared to last year where we were all so into it and had the time to be so into it. Yeah, I mean, I thought 
I definitely thought the last year was easier. Like I, I've said that to a couple people this year because they say, oh, you know, like like last year's draft really wasn't that that bad. Like we had done all the combine and like college football had a normal season. Like everything was very, very normal outside of the fact that the draft was held virtually, but all like the info was there and it was good and it was like plentiful. And then, like you said, the lines were all over the place. Like, you know, books are just starving for action. So places, you know, DK had tons of good stuff. Uh, and then this year it's like kind of the opposite. Like we have a, I guess a normal ish draft setting, but we had no, we had no combine. We had all these pro days. Uh, college football season is like very scattered. Like, you know, FCS is playing right now. Like it, it's crazy. So uh, last year I definitely felt was easier, but this year I think if you, stuck to a good process. And if you're following along with the news with, you know, people that can be trusted, you know, obviously like guys like Schefter, Jeremiah, Peter Schrager, um, you know, tons of, tons of people that are known insiders and you try to stick to that. I think you still could come out ahead with a pretty good card. I mean, DraftKings over the last like two weeks has like really opened the clip and put out some, some pretty good stuff. So uh, definitely increased a, a bunch of my action over the last week or so. All right. Well, I'm glad that you said that first part because I was for somebody like me that was so big into it last year. And then, you know, I kind of just come to try and catch up on it this year. I was like, this seems a lot harder. But then I was questioning myself. I was like, is it harder or am I just getting into it later uh, than I was last year? And you're right about the answer. The more that I've looked into it, it just is harder this year because there's not as much information. There's not as clear cut, um, you know, spots, I guess, like we obviously have Lawrence and Wilson at, at the top. Uh, last year that was Burrow and probably Chase Young, although I got some like Chase Young under two and a half at, I think it was like minus 275 or minus 300 It was definitely last year. not a lock. Yeah, it was not which, a lock for a while. Which, right, is, you know, juicy. Your casual better doesn't go out there and grab minus 300. But eventually with the information we had, that was a fantastic bet. Uh, that's just not there this year it starts with that moving target at number three with the Niners and then uh, I think we know position there at least and then after that kind of gets really blurry where I personally feel like and I know that I saw that you tweeted something that has an opinion here I personally feel like this is a great top 10 to have a lot of trades in I feel like there's not a lot of those teams up there uh, are just in spots where they can't necessarily capitalize on exactly what they want or if they use the pick for position of need it's it's kind of bad value um so i think a lot of these teams four five six seven eight could nine could all be moving around but i saw something you tweeted from peter king saying that because that uh that price that san francisco paid to get down to three was such an overpayment that it now you know sets the standard too high for other teams to be moving around in the top 10 so before we get into talking about these these early picks, do you think that there's going to be, you know, movement that kind of messes up some of our process that we're working with on that, like, top 10, say? I still think that we're going to see a couple of trades. I mean, like, I under, and I completely understand the sentiment that, that Peter King was making, right? I mean, it's like the same thing that we do in, like, our fantasy leagues, right? Like, if someone makes a trade at a certain value, like, that kind of sets the bar. But I still think that, like, a couple of these GMs are just, like, I guess for lack of a better term, like they're just way too smart to, to get bogged down by stuff like that. Like Chris Greer and Brad Holmes, like these guys understand draft value and they know that, you know, even if 
something that they got, you know, an offer that they get or an offer that they accept is less than what the Niners got. Like that doesn't mean that it's necessarily a bad trade, you know? So I, I think that if you're a, if you're in Detroit and you have six draft picks and you're pretty much in the middle of a rebuild, like you're probably going to look to move back. Like if you're the Dolphins and Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase aren't there, like you're probably going to look to move back. And maybe those trades don't end up happening, but I don't think, I don't necessarily think that if they don't happen, it'll be because of like the Niners breaking the market. I think it might just be because they either someone that is there that they like, or, you know, ultimately they decide to just make the pick. But I, I think that, you know, I think that like more of your like classic, general manager, like old school would probably be bogged in on that. But we have all these like new guys, you know, we have Greer, we have Holmes, uh, Patton for the Broncos is, is brand new. So, I mean, there's a lot, I think that kind of remains to be seen on how these guys are going to handle value. I could see five teams in the top 10 with like legit motive to, to move around and move back. Um, so I, I'm still kind of sticking to the, the idea that we're going to see some, some trades up here, but <clears throat> let's, I mean, let's start where the draft really starts at number three. And it's kind of just the hot topic of this whole draft. Uh, I personally, so like I did my, today's my draft. Day. Like after, after I'm, after I'm here on unreasonable odds doing draft, I'm going to the game within the game podcast, uh, another DraftKings podcast to do NFL draft talk. Before I came on here, I was on the sweat doing my top 10 mock draft, uh, which is I just butchered. Uh, it's out of, I don't know if I'm going to get anything right after, after uh, Lawrence and Wilson, it's impossible, but um, the draft starts at three. I was ready to over the weekend, put Justin Fields at three. I'm not convinced that Fields isn't the second best quarterback in this draft. Uh, I would have be interested in taking him over, over Zach Wilson. Um, And then last night we get the, the report from Rappaport, who is in my opinion, one of those trusted guys that you, uh, you know, were, were mentioning that, it's down to Mac Jones and Trey Lance. So uh, I, I, in my opinion, Mac, Mac Jones is somebody that really benefited from who he played behind in terms of the offensive line at Alabama, the res- ridiculous receivers that he played with at Alabama. I think that he's a little overhyped because of what he's playing, what he played with in college. Um, although he's still the favorite to be that number three pick. So in my personal mock draft, I put Trey Lance there at number three because I've, I, I just used my brain a little bit. My brain tells me that if San Francisco is trying to keep Jimmy Garoppolo because they want something long, they're, they're planning on having something, a long-term project there that they want to build up for a year. Trey Lance fits that mold. That's what would make sense. If you told me that they're going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, then I would say, okay, then it's going to be the Mac Jones side of that report. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on number three? And if you want to just get into your overall thoughts on the quarterbacks, like how you personally rank them, who you think is good for, for what kind of system, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that there's a reason Mac Jones is the favorite, you know, like I, I all the stuff that you're hearing now, and you mentioned the Rappaport report, but the big thing now is that it sounds like, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan wants Mac Jones. He wants the accurate pocket passer that people believe have like all these intangibles and all the Matt Ryan, the Matt Ryan, the Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins type. And that some of the other guys in the front office are really pushing for Trey Lance because he has obviously the really tantalizing upside. I mean, the guy's throwing like, I I don't know, like 300 passes over the last like four years. You know what I mean? Like, like there's not a huge sample size on him, but there's a unknown. Yeah, there's a lot of people who believe that he can be obviously really great in the right spot. So I think that's that's the battle right now. I would imagine that 
if there's a battle between your head coach and like scout number two in your front office that like Kyle Shanahan probably wins that. So I'm, I'm still leaning Mac Jones for now. I mean, Mac Jones is the guy that all the insiders have really been the heaviest on. I mean, Schefter had, had almost explicitly said it would be Mac Jones like a month ago. I know he's backtracked maybe a little bit from that, but you know, uh, until I start seeing some of these mocks from like Jeremiah and these guys with, with basically not Mac Jones, I'm going to say it's going to be Mac Jones. So that, that's kind of where I'm at. And, you know, I, yeah, like I'm pretty much with you. Like I, I think the world of Justin Fields, I think he's really good, but it seems like the NFL disagrees. So as long as that's the case, like I'm, I'm going to try to put my biases aside and uh, just try to work, focus on getting things right. I just, the only part of that report that, or the only part of that scenario that, doesn't work completely in my head is the idea. And maybe they're, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is going to the Patriots on Thursday, who knows, but like the idea that they have said, which doesn't mean they will, that they're going to stick by Garoppolo, that they want to build, you know, through uh, or with him for at least a year and let somebody develop. It just seems like that would not be Mac Jones. Like if you, if you pick Mac Jones on Thursday and Jimmy Garoppolo is not traded yet, uh, now the value on him is way down because you're, you're almost certainly going to be trading him and starting Mac Jones next year. I would think maybe they see Mac Jones as a guy that they want to develop for a year. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think the thing too, is that like Jimmy Garoppolo, a big reason why they're moving on probably is that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Right. So it, you don't necessarily want, like I would imagine if you're them, like you don't necessarily want a guy where if all of a sudden he has to play in a big spot, Mm-hmm. that you're like oh man this guy's just not ready so I, that might be a, a, a part of that too yep that's true um so going on fields real quick a guy that you said you're high on that i'm high on uh, i don't necessarily know what else he has to show like that clemson game taking that crack in the ribs and going out there and being the best player on the field uh showed a lot like i i thought that that was going to be one of those moments where you know okay this guy's a top five pick and then he does that and kind of locks himself in as like a top three pick and then the zach wilson hype starts and he's going to be two and then maybe fields will be three that i mean i know dk sportsbook is going to get me like the the line graph of like mac jones and justin fields going number three and like where the bets are over the last however month so i'll have that out on twitter this week and it's basically just going to be lines going like this <laughs> uh i and then you know fields winds up being the guy that looks like he's he's gonna slip so you know forgive me for being uh forgive me for using my eyes in the like college football playoffs and seeing a tough quarterback go out there and shred clemson um i think that you know I have no idea where Fields is going to go, but I think the team that selects him is going to be trading up to select him. It's going to go somewhere in that like four to some people have him sliding to the teens. I think he's going to go in that like four to seven range and it's going to be by somebody trading up. Uh, where do you have a hunch on like where Fields uh, lands, I guess, in this kind of weird landscape? Yeah. So I think the, I think the favorite spots right now for me are probably that seven, eight to nine window. I could see, you know, at seven, the line, the lines right now, it sounds like they don't want to take a quarterback, but right. like there could be a guy that they're waiting on. And if he's there, they pull the trigger, you know, fields could be that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also a spot where we know the lions are going to be probably pretty aggressively trying to move back. If there's a player there that isn't a quarterback that they, you know, that they don't want. So, you know, that's a spot where you start thinking, okay, maybe the Patriots come up, maybe the bears move up, maybe the red uh, Washington football team moves up. Like, 
you know, that's, I think going to be a pretty interesting spot because Detroit doesn't strike me as a team that necessarily wants to stay inside like the top 12 or whatever, like a team like Miami, like I kind of feel like they want to stay inside the top 10 because they want to be able to have a shot at like Jalen Waddle or, you know, some of the blue chip defensive players. I kind of feel like they want to stay inside the top 10. I don't really feel the same way about Detroit. So I can see them moving back. Um, Carolina, I was, I mean, and like half of this is in jest, but some of it may have, may make some sense. Like Matt rule recruited Justin Fields. Like they made him an offer when he was at Baylor, like Joe Brady, when he was at Penn state, like Penn, uh, like Justin Fields was, was committed there. He was going to go there. And then he decommitted like the year after Brady left. So like, it's possible that that's their guy, you know? And, and even after trading for Sam Darnold, they, they scoop up fields. And then at nine, you know, Denver, obviously, I mean, I mean, I, I think it's over right there. It's like, if he slides to nine, and Denver hasn't even made a move, uh, move to like move up from nine to seven or nine to six or whatever. I think if he's there at nine, that's it's over at, at that point. Um, yeah, I, I can't see him going past there. I would be pretty surprised. So his, I mean, his, his uh, fields draft over under, I think it opened at three and a half. It's mostly been at four and a half with heavy juice to the under for a while. And now after all these reports, it's up again on DK Sportsbook at six and a half with minus 112 each way. Uh, so it's looking like, you know, does a team move up for him in that four, five, six spot, or does it wind up being that seven to nine range? Like you, like you just talked about, uh, that number's right there kind of indicating that, um, let's talk about a couple of guys. This, this is kind of an interesting number at this point, the guys set with five and a half. Um, and that would be Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase. Pitts is plus 125 to the over five and a half, minus 159 to the under. Chase plus 115 to the over, minus 143 to the under. That The juice there is telling us that four and five are going to be Pitts and Chase uh, is the more likely outcome. Um, do you agree with that? If you don't, which guy falls past? Is it, to, is it Pitts to the Falcons and Chase to the Bengals? Or are there some moves in there? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's it, four or five. Pitts to, Pitts to the Falcons. Chase to the Bengals. It sounds like Atlanta would maybe like to move back, but they're not really getting an offer that's making them really consider that. Uh, and everything that I've read, you know, especially from guys like Albert Breer, has made it sound as though Atlanta is content with Matt Ryan. You know, they believe that Matt Ryan can can win games in the short term. Um, you know, and that Kyle Pitts would obviously really aid that. I mean, he's the best player in the draft. Like if you're just putting position aside, like yep. he's the, he's the guy. So I don't think that that's too crazy. That sounds like, that sounds like the move. And then chase, you know, you get to reunite him with burrow. Uh, I think that this offensive line class is really deep. So if you're saying, Hey, we got to protect Joe burrow. I, I, I feel pretty strongly that you can do that in rounds two and three. Uh, and again, Joe Gerdberry and uh, Malik Wright out of Cincy, like those guys have been all over chase as the pick. Uh, and the Bengals are not typically a team that like holds a lot of information back. So I feel pretty compelled to, to buy into that. So that's how I feel about four or five. I mean, that's why you see, you know, it's like DK has those exactos three, four, five. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you see Pitts and chase are just all over the top, like the top ones with the, the shortest odds. Yeah. So here are my two questions and you touched on one of them. It's just like, are we positive that it's not time to, you know, whether it's a guy that sits for a year or not, look for a guy behind Matt Ryan. I think that it sounds like Matt Ryan's going to be the guy there and that we don't really have to worry about that. 
<clears throat> and the other one would be a trade, which for the most part, I agree with you. Trading out of four is going to be hard just because of this draft. Like, what are you, what exactly are you going to, are you going to get? Um, and then one of the other reasons that I do like if Atlanta is forced to use the pick to use it on pits is not only would he help right away, but we're starting to hear the Julio Jones trade rumblings, which if you have, you know, another pa- elite pass catcher there, uh, now you still have a guy. Even if you let go of Jones, you have Ridley, you have Pitts, you have guys on offense. You need to improve the defense, but you have guys on offense there for Matt Ryan. And then, you know, Pitts and Ridley at their ages, you have guys for maybe Matt Ryan doesn't have a good year. Next year, Atlanta is in the top 10 looking to take a quarterback. You have weapons in Pitts and Ridley that are there for that next quarterback to, to kind of start working with. Yeah, and, like, my thing, too, is that people always say, like, oh, well, next year's not a good quarterback class. Like, th- we don't know. We said we that. No we idea. said that. Yeah, we said that before 2018. We had five first-round quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like, that's – and the guys that we thought were going to be good weren't the ones that ended up being good for the most part. So, right. like, some of that stuff doesn't really, doesn't really make sense to me. Like, if you think you can get three good years out of Matt Ryan or two good years out of Matt Ryan, like, you're kind of, you're kind of giving up a ton of equity in that quarterback pick or in that draft pick in total, like, if, if at four – you take, let's say Trey Lance. Well, now Trey Lance is sitting for a year. Like you're not getting any, you're not getting any value out of that pick for your football team. Uh, so I, I think that I kind of like applaud the Falcons for being like, if we're not going to play this guy, like, let's just, stay, let's just get Kyle Pitts in here and make it, make a move, you know? Well, let's not applaud him yet because this has not <laughs> happened yet, but <laughs> if it happens the way that we, we think it will happen. Um, and then Chase at, at five is one that I also kind of want to touch on. Like his, his draft, his number is a little risky. Like, cause if you bet under five and a half, he's not going one, two, three, or four. So you're right. betting him to go five. Now my heart it like agrees, like let Joe Burrow, let's get him his college teammate that he was so ridiculously good with. We need a, you know, Boyd is great. Higgins is great, but let's get him that bonafide number one stud and we have our quarterback we have our receiver they like each other they have chemistry together like that just makes too much sense and you know burrow is going to be pushing for that and then my head says we just have this number one pick that absolutely shredded his knee up last season we don't have a good offensive line protecting burrow is more important let's go with i would assume penny sewell who should be there at number five who will be there at number five um and protect our protect our investment. We can get another T. Higgins at the top of the second round, like we did last year, uh, or something along those lines, and and we'll be fine. Um, I know you really like chasing this spot, but like, just to play devil's advocate, like, are we sure we don't want to protect Burrow here? I think we, <clears throat> I think we protect him on day two. Like, I, the big okay. thing to me is that like the receiver class is deep, but it's not deep with 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 alphas. Like, it's not deep with guys that are going to play on the outside. Like if you wait till day two outside of Terrace Marshall, if he makes it to day two, like you're looking at all these guys who are slot players, like Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. And like, since he already has a slot guy, it's Tyler Boyd. So you're not going to, you want to replace Auden Tate. Like you don't want to replace Tyler Boyd and you do that with Jamar Chase. So that, that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel like order of operations wise, it makes sense to go receiver first, but you know, obviously if they took Sewell, I wouldn't be like, Oh, you guys are idiots. Like protect the money. Like, that's fine. You know, I just don't think that's what will happen. All right. Fair enough. Um, 
I mean, really quick. I mean, we don't have to talk about these ones as much, but just in the same range, like the, the news from Rappaport kind of dropped Trey Lance down from six and a half to five and a half, but the over five and a half is juiced at minus minus one fifty nine. Um, he's kind of the, you have, you have Mac Jones going three, you have fields going somewhere in the top nine. This is kind of the leftover guy for, from the information you've given me so far, where do you think Trey Lance winds up here? If it's not say that it is Mac Jones at three. Yeah. So that's actually pretty tough, right? Because if he doesn't go three, it's kind of unclear if teams like him or, or, fields more i i I guess it sounds like he doesn't really quick if he doesn't go three like the way that you bet this is you just bet him to be the number three pick and then you bet the over uh five and a half because he's not going five right well so but he could go four a four okay sorry i'm leaving four four. i'm leaving four open i'm leaving a trade presumably because we said that we feel the falcons are good with ryan so we're leaving a trade to number four open Right. So that's the only thing. I mean, I got, again, I don't think that it's the most likely scenario, but it is a scenario. Uh, and then, yep. but if you make it out of the top five, yeah. Like I, again, it's kind of like pick your poison. Like, I don't really know who these teams like more. Like, I don't know if a team trading up prefers Lance to fields. Um, I mean, I don't know if like maybe a team like Denver prefers Lance to fields. Like I have no idea. So I think that it's really murky. I don't know if this head to head, let me see if this head to head is posted. They, the, um, the player to draft player drafted first they, they don't have that but I, I would be curious to see if they would post a line like fields versus lance who would be the favorite there you know um because i'd probably just take whoever the dog is so that's i said i made one draft bet i lied a little bit when we got the report last night i did take uh i did take some trey lance at like plus 175 i think in a fields head-to-head now I did that for the same reason that you said, if like if fields is going to slide, if fields isn't going to be three and he's out of that mix. Now I at least have fields uh, in the, in the discussion at number three, if it's not Mac Jones, that's still a, a, an outcome. Um, But if it's not there, then, then it's just kind of a coin flip and you have the plus odds on that. Um, Sorry, I might've cut you off. Were you still going there? No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. All I mean, right. there's not really a lot. There's not really a lot to say. Like, we, I think we just don't know. Like, I think that's, that's the, the quarterbacks past three. Like, there's just so much unknown because, I mean, let's say Trey Lance goes three. Like, I don't even know where the heck Mac Jones ends up. You know, like, I don't know where the next team is that really likes him in the draft. So I know that's, that's what I'm saying. This year's hard. This year's hard. Uh, let's talk receivers really quick. Um, I, when I said I had one draft bet the one that i really made was a while back i did get in on one thing early um i took a matchup of jalen waddle plus 110 to go before uh devonta smith which is now coming in my favor i'm on i'm on the sharp side of the one thing that i actually really invested in in this draft uh i'm hoping to get in on more stuff as the week goes goes along but that's where that's where I'm at. Um, I, I just keep hearing that Waddle profiles as the 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 better NFL receiver. That he's got some Tyreek Hill in him. Almost people are surprised at Devonta Smith's size, even though we know his size, we've known his size or his weight or whatever. Uh, I just think he's he's going to be the more explosive player. I think that there's realistic shots for him. Probably not at six, but you know, 
seven, eight, not nine because of Denver, but I don't know. I guess that seven to 11 range for Waddle makes a lot of sense to me. Um, where are you at in the, in the receiver market? I think, I assume you're, you're on chase under five and a half or to, or to be the fifth pick, uh, you know, exactly or something there. And then anything else receiver wise for you? Yeah. I, I mean, I have a bunch of stuff on chase to, to, to the Bengals. So, well, technically okay. I guess I bet it as Bengals take a wide receiver first. Okay. They dropped that at like plus odds originally. So I hit that. Um, but the rest of the receivers, like I think Waddle, his ceiling right now sounds like six to Miami. A bunch of people mm-hmm. in the know are saying that like they'd, they'd love if Kyle Pitts made it there. They'd love to be able to trade back, but they'd also be okay with, with taking Waddle at six. And then I'd say his floor is probably 12 to the Eagles. I don't know if he'd make it to right. Philly. Whereas Smith, like I don't think he goes before. I mean, I guess – in theory, if the Dolphins moved back and stayed in the top 10, they could, they could maybe be a candidate for Smith. But I really don't think – Sounds like he goes outside of the top 10, right? Yeah, I think his – I think their eleven goes is 11 to the Giants. Yeah. yeah. Just the size thing, man. I mean, I, I know – and it sounds crazy to us because we've seen him, like, just kill it on Saturdays. But, like, you know, the weight is a real big deal for a lot of teams. Like, Marquise Brown is, like, the closest, I'd say, in weight to him that we've had the last few years, and he went in the 20s. And, and obviously hasn't worked has quite as well. Right. Hasn't worked quite as well. He's, he hasn't been healthy, which is always the knock on the, on the smaller guys. So right. I think that there's just some, I think there's some off front offices that are probably just going to cross them off. Like that's what you hear. So yeah, I could see 11 to the giants. I could see 15 to the Pats if they don't move. Um, you know, but I think somewhere in there, maybe he doesn't make it past the Cardinals at 16. I don't know if he'd get past there, but I think outside the top 10 is a good bet right now. Yeah. Um, Anything else on the rest of this receiver market? You got guys like Bateman set at 27 and a half. Um, any, any feels for, for these receivers kind of going later in the, in the first round um, or even the, uh, even the prop on I'm going, I'm trying, looking for the positional prop in terms of, uh, you know, over under receivers. Yeah. Over under receivers in the first round. Yeah. Over four and a half minus three Just, uh, <laughs> that's getting juic- juicier than I remembered it. Um, but that means a, c- a couple of guys are obviously going later in the first round. Do you, do you have any, any feel for that? Or you're just going on chase? It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty up in the air. That's a thing. Like I, the guys that you hear are, uh, Kadarius, Tony Bateman, and Elijah Moore, like I think if there's going to be three more guys going the first, that's probably them. I would say not Terrace Marshall because mm-hmm. he has like some some medical stuff with his lower body. That sounds like something that may knock him out. Uh, Baltimore has two picks now in the first round and a big needed receiver. So I think a bunch of people are probably penciling in them taking a pass catcher. It's just it's just kind of unclear. Like I don't really have a huge issue with people taking like Tony plus 120 head to head against Bateman because depending on who you talk to, some teams, like in most of the mocks, it sounds like Bateman is, is rising. But then, you know, Albert Breer put out something last week that was saying that Tony has, has passed, has surpassed Bateman. So I think that this is just really ambiguous. And again, when it's ambiguous, like I'll just take the plus odds on a guy like Tony. So I have Bateman. I have a couple of Bateman bets on my car, but they're not at the numbers that they're at right now. So I, it's just not really, like I think assuming that these guys are going to go in round one, it's still a little bit of a stretch to me. Like I, I still think we probably land on five receivers in round one. So the four and a half number is fair, but probably not at minus three thirty or whatever the heck it is. Right. Um, because the draft still has a lot of really good players in it, other positions. And it's easy to see like 
just one team being like, okay, yeah, like we'll take a receiver, but there's going to be three more we can take next round. So right. uh, that's kind of how I feel about the position. Running back takes. Are we going to see one go, two go, none go on day one? Is Harris a little too expensive at minus 167 to be the first off the board? ETN plus 150. It does sound like it's going to be Harris. Um, and people are kind of saying Harris is like a first and second down kind of guy. He was a great receiving back in my mind. I watched a lot of Alabama because I bet a lot of Alabama because they always cover. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> like he looked good to me in the passing game, that game against Florida, he caught like four or five touchdowns or whatever it was like any take on the running back market in terms of Harris or ETN um, draft position or first off the board. Yeah. It's kind of crazy because I, a month ago, if you asked me, I would have been like, I don't know if a single running back's going to go around one. And now I'm thinking that we could get up to two. So yeah. uh, I think it's, you know, they DK took down that they didn't want to go to one and a half. They just took it down the running back total prop, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably smart, but yeah, I think it probably is Harris first, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was ETN. Like, yeah. I don't think that these guys, I think these guys are all close. Like ETN Harris, and even Javante Williams, who his over-under is a little later. It's like in the 40s. These guys are in the 30s or Harris. I think it's like 25 and a half. So, but I still think that they're all ultimately pretty close. So they haven't put them out yet on DK. But usually, I know last year they did this, like order of the running backs to go. Right. And I'm, I'm probably just taking whatever like long shot or like long odds I can get. So something on- with Williams going first. Right, like a weird combination of those guys, you know, like or even like Harris, Williams, Etienne, you know, right. something like that. Because I think that these guys are all pretty close, and we've seen, I mean, even just last year, like I don't think a lot of people thought Ceh was the best running back in the draft, but the Chiefs thought that he fit what they did best. So that's kind of how this thing works. So that's that's what I was going to bring up. Is there someone that you could see, and it sounds like it's Javante Williams, and the price would agree because after that it's Trey Sermon at plus four thousand to be first off the board. So it's not going to be him. It's really a three three running backs in the conversation like last year I got in really early I think I got DeAndre Swift like plus 110 to be the first running back off the board this is when we started betting the draft early there was nothing to do um it closed like minus 200 ish and I was like great got good value but before the draft went off I wanted to make sure I covered myself a little bit um who was the other running back that near the top or that was supposed to be Jonathan Taylor Taylor, right. So I didn't cover myself with any Taylor, but I did take some CEH at like some ridiculous price and uh, wound up wound up fine there. Um, it sounds like you do think that's worth kind of doing this year, kind of the same strategy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, because I, I just think that the minus 167 on Harris is too strong. Like maybe maybe you should favor the ETN price just because it does sound like maybe those guys are a little closer, but I think that all, I think both of those guys are probably a little shorter, you know, a little longer, I should say, than they should be. Um, like Harris to the Steelers, obviously, is, is what everyone's saying, but like we still don't know. Like if the Steelers prefer one of these other guys, it wouldn't really surprise me. Right. Um, really quick, and we'll get out of here. Like we haven't really talked any defense, I guess. And I'm looking at the cornerback market, first cornerback drafted. Patrick Sertain, who I like a lot, I had him in my, my, crappy mock draft going number 10 to the Cowboys. <laughs> He's minus 305 to be the first cornerback off the board. I had Jace Horn going number eight to Carolina. 
who needs a, while Carolina is rumored to be involved in a lot of positions, they want a quarterback, a wide receiver, uh, like a lot of They're just not very good. It's not, you know, they're not very good. (laughs) And they desperately need to replace James Bradbury after losing him to the giants. That was very apparent. I thought last year, um, Horn is, uh, you know, went to South Carolina. So he's somewhat of a local product that they should be familiar with. And uh, I've heard just as many people say they think JC Horn is the best cornerback in this draft uh, as people that I have Patrick Sertan. Do you think there's any value on, on that? Because they're the only two, there's nobody else close. Yeah. I mean, I like Horn. I got my positions on here early, obviously. So I, I have good numbers on both of those guys, but if you're going to go after Horn, like my recommendation is that you just do it as first defensive player. Cause you can get that at plus three fifty, and it does sound like a corner is going to be the first defensive player in this draft, particularly at Dallas at 10, but it could be earlier. Like you said, Carolina at eight, um, you know, somewhere else in the top 10, I guess it is feasible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Warren versus Sertan really sounds like a coin flip, even though it's being listed in the odds as, as not being that at all. So yeah, I, I definitely like some horn. All right. And I like the way that you, you flipped that because I think it really only turns into a, three-man conversation it's probably one of the two corners at the top there and the cutoff like it's not going to be phillips uh any of those guys below micah parsons a lot of people will argue is the best defensive player in this draft he's at plus 400 um the issue is cornerback is a lot more valuable than a linebacker in in the nfl right now so do you think that there's anything to that or it's just going to be certain or horn that, that goes off the board first Yes. I mean, people keep saying, watch out for Parsons at nine to Denver. And I just, that's kind of a weird one given the pass rush that they already have in place. Right. Yeah. Like, I guess they're worried about life after Von Miller, uh, you know, supposedly fits really well with what Fangio wants to do. So I don't want to just necessarily, I don't want to necessarily brush that off, but I, I haven't really bet it just because I mean, Parsons opened as the favorite on this, like to be the first defensive player. And his right. total is his over under open at 10 and a half. And now it's like 12 or 13 and a half. So that's generally I, not a good sign. <laughs> right. So I'm assuming that, that he's probably not going to be it just kind of following the, the tea leaves. Uh, and if he is, those odds are not like, I don't think it's a 20% chance, which is what the odds reflect. So I would say that I prefer to stick with the corners. Uh, you know, I think Parsons has a couple off fields things that teams have talked about that, uh, you know, may impact his draft position. Okay. Um, wrapping up, uh, two kind of open-ended questions for you, because I'll admit I haven't even, I haven't even gotten here, like beyond day one, uh, getting into, you know, picks in the thirties, forties, is there anything that kind of jumps out to you anywhere that you think there's an edge, anything to after day one wraps up, even though we haven't seen it, you know, if this, this, this happens, this is something you want to watch out for, for your day two betting, any kind of, you know, tips or strategy through the draft uh, beyond the, you know, we basically just covered the top like 15 picks. Uh, so there's so much more to so much more out there. Is there anything that jumps out to you? Because I know you've been combing through all this. Yeah. So in terms of stuff that's not out there, like usually after day one, they'll post like basically who's going to be the first pick of the second round. Right. Uh, and Jacksonville's sitting there. So if Jacksonville hasn't taken a running back, uh, I like them to take a running back maybe with that pick. That could be ETN feels like a good, good fit right. there. You just got Trevor Lawrence. Exactly. So I, I think, you know, keep your eyes kind of peeled for something like that. Uh, otherwise, like I, I know my buddy Elliot Christ has really been harping on these quarterback overs, like Kyle Trask over 80 and a half, um, you know, Davis. So Mills. he thinks that they're going to slide. 
Oh yeah. Over 74 and a half Kellen Mond over 86 and a half because these second tier quarterbacks typically don't go that early. You know, that's like the, and granted we have kind of like a very special quarterback class in the first round, Mm -hmm. but typically these guys that we always say are like, Oh, you know, watch out for them to, to slip into the back end of round one. They actually tend to not go until like the third round or later. So uh, overs on those guys, I think is always in play. Uh, But someone who may be like legitimately in play to go a little higher, maybe someone like an Eric Stokes, he's at 45 and a half. Uh, So I would follow kind of the news on him just because it sounds like he's rising a little bit in the corner market. Uh, And there's a lot of teams in the top half of that second round that could definitely use a corner. So he's someone I'm kind of keeping my eye on. It's not someone I'm necessarily playing right now, but that's like the day two guy that, that I want to be paying attention to. Okay. Um, last question, I guess, if you were to say, and this, I know that, you know, this isn't like a wake up on Sunday and give your best NFL bet for the day. This is a moving target, but let's do this right now on, what is it? It is 1.56 PM on the East coast on Monday, April 26th. As we record this, what would you say your best bet for the NFL draft that's currently available is your favorite bet? And I'll say, I'll just say, I think, going off how this stuff is moving and I don't have any, any action here yet. I think that Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts under five and a half, you can lay the minus minus one fifty nine, or you can bet a minus minus one fifty to be the first non QB off the board. But I think then having the fourth and fifth picks open just in case for the extra like nine cents. Uh, that's what I want just in case a quarterback somehow goes four and Pitts goes goes five. I think laying the minus one fifty nine on on Pitts to essentially be a top five pick makes the most sense. Like you said, he he's the best player in this draft, the best football player. Yeah, I like that definitely, and I and I like I like Chase also. I mean, I I think I feel really good about what the Bengals are doing. Like that's probably that's probably my most comfortable position is, is since he had five. So I think they're taking Chase, and I think whatever the best way when you're listening to this, like whatever the best way to bet that is whether it's his over-under, oh. whether it's Cincy to take a receiver, like whatever the best way to bet that is, that's that's my favorite bet. Where are – are the exactos not showing right now? This shows how much – Like three, four, five? Is changing. Or one through five. Three, four, five so, or one through yeah, five? Yeah, so just three, four, five, they have exact outcome under the 2021 draft tab. So okay. the top one there, Jones, Pitts, Chase is two to one. I don't necessarily – Love that. It opened at six to one. So I thought that was obviously way better. Um, so oh, I, that's, that, oh, I that's think that's I'm on a different state. <laughs> yeah. That's already been bet pretty efficiently, at least here in New Jersey. <laughs> right. I, I was looking at, I was looking at a different state, so I got to get on New Jersey, but if there's some kind of outcome, like we know who one and two are. And if we want to bet on it being pits chase four or five, and we know it's one of two people at three, then wouldn't we just bet Lawrence Wilson, Jones, Pitts, Chase, and also bet Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, uh, Pitts, Chase. Yeah, so you could definitely and, do that because they have, uh, like I said, Jones, Pitts, Chase is two to one. Lance, Pitts, Chase is plus six fifty. So you can bet on both of those. And you know, if you believe Pitts and Chase are uh, are the guys at four and five, which which I think we both do, you can guarantee yourself a little bit of money there. All right. There we go. That's, that's one way to bet it. Um, all right. Well, that's been our NFL draft episode of the unreasonable odds podcast. He is Anthony Amico from football guys. You are going to want to follow him on Twitter leading up to the draft because stuff's going to change. Information's going to come out. 
He's going to bet more stuff. I'm going to bet more stuff. So you can follow him on Twitter at Amixta, A-M-I-C-S-T-A. I've always been wondering why that is your your go-to uh, your go-to handle. I don't know if you have a reason. It's just like a thing from like middle school, honestly. Like I knew it was you start, something dumb. You start like creating your... all your accounts and then you're just yep. like, this is the brand. Like I didn't choose it. It's just what it is. You <laughs> it, know? Chose, it chose me. I knew right. it was going to be a dumb answer like that. <laughs> um, and I'm Julian Edlow. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Julian Edlow. Uh, our long lost host, Steve Buchanan, is absent once again. Um, I don't know if he even works here anymore, but I think he's going to be on with us on Friday. We're going to kind of recap the first round look ahead to the rest of the nfl draft and we're also gonna have an mlb segment for you with a guest there uh so amico amixta thank you for joining us um unreasonable odds will be back with you uh towards the end of this week enjoy the nfl draft guys without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.